Hello everyone, my name is Tony. Today's scripture reading comes from 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. May God bless the reading of his word. Good morning, Cornerstone. It's a joy to be with you again. Now, there's often misinformation and controversy that surrounds the figure of Jesus. And... It happens over and over, uh, especially when Jesus becomes the focus of our culture or in the news, usually surrounding around times of uh, celebrations like Easter or Christmas. Uh, his name will come up and all this misinformation comes about in the news. And many of these different teachings about Jesus of Nazareth are not uh, based on historical accounts. For example, the New York Times years ago had a best-selling book called The Da Vinci Code. And this fictional murder mystery novel reintrodu reintroduced these false teachings uh, about Jesus that had been dealt with uh, in a long past before by the church and showing them to be false. But people picked them up and they were again excited to hear maybe there's some controversy or some hidden truth that the, the church was trying to hide or something like that. And so it got, it got some uh, traction in the society years ago. But with anything in life, we must be able to discern between what is fiction and what is truth. You know, all of us may face, well, we all face many different kinds of ideas uh, every day and by the things that are presented to us through all our activities, you know, uh, things like what we watch or what we read or what we learn at work or what we're taught in school, uh, what we're involved in things like uh, maybe karate or taekwondo or yoga, um, or maybe we're receiving counseling on some issue in our life. Uh, these, all these things are teaching us and giving us ideas and thoughts and guidance that need to be tested to see if that's true or not. I remember when I spent one Christmas in Taiwan years ago when I was first getting to know May, and it was interesting to see how devoid Christmas being celebrated in Taiwan was of Jesus. Jesus was not anywhere just the, the decorations and the Christmas trees. 
I never even saw Jesus once or heard him mentioned until May and I went to attend and be part of a church community at that time. Um, it, Christmas without Jesus is like an empty, worthless box that is wrapped up with beautiful wrapping paper and then put a de- decorative bow on top and it looks beautiful until it's unwrapped and then you realize inside is empty and has nothing of value. God became flesh when Jesus was born. Jesus communicated to the world the love of God for all nations and all ethnicities and then saved us from destruction by dying on the cross for mankind and rising from the dead. You know, this is the ultimate truth of the universe that we believe in who follow Jesus. And this is the only reason the world has hope in this world of confusion and violence and disease that we're dealing with this pandemic. It's the birth of Jesus would be meaningless if it wasn't for his message and his ministry on earth and his death and his resurrection. God becoming flesh is an essential part and to the truth about Jesus and who he is. Today's text that we had just read for us emphasizes the fa- this fact as a, a, a test against false teachings. And so the fact of what happened some 2,000 years ago uh, about Jesus helps us to under- understand and determine today what is what we could call fake news about Jesus and what is the good news that he came to give us. So the letter of 1 John, which we're studying in this series called Walking Like Jesus, was written uh, in the first century uh, to Christians in the what we call the Asia Minor and Turkey area, as we've mentioned before. And the disciple John, one of the twelve, wrote this letter in order to give us assurance of our faith in Christ Jesus and the eternal life that he will give us through that faith. And so one problem was that as we've mentioned before, there was these false teachers that have left the churches in that area and they were misleading some Christians astray by their false teachings. And they were claiming to be followers of Jesus, but yet they were not really followers of Jesus uh, because they had um, created Jesus uh, to be something different than what was actually revealed, that Jesus revealed about himself. They created him to be to fit their own philosophy. And so John provides in our text today a truth test to help us determine what is from God and what is not. So today we have many groups that believe in Jesus, or they say they believe in Jesus, but they've really changed uh, Jesus to fit their own philosophies, just like those teachers back in 1 John, uh, what he's talking, uh, referring to. The Jesus they believe is not the Jesus revealed in the Bible. Christian author and speaker Tony Campolo uh, has said, and I quote him, Our society has taken Jesus and recreated him in our own cultural image. When I hear Jesus being proclaimed from the television stations across our country, 
from pulpits hither and yon, he comes across not as a, the biblical Jesus, not as the Jesus described in the Bible, but as a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant Republican. God created us in his image, but we have decided to return the favor and create a God who is in our image. And this is why the Apostle John commands us in the first verse of our text, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, saying, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Is it fake news? Or is it the good news of Jesus Christ? Do not believe every spirit. Uh, the word spirit here refers to a person. Every one of us is body, soul, and spirit. And just as God inspires people to speak the truth on his behalf, the evil one inspires people to speak false things, to, to confuse people about the truth of God. And even people themselves will come to believe false things and share them with others on their own, even without the evil one's inspiration. So we can restate verse 1 as saying, Do not believe every teacher or message you hear, but test them to see whether they are from God. I remember years ago when May and I lived in Southern California, May and I had an appointment uh, together at the same location, but for some reason, I forget why, we had to drive separate cars. But So May was following me because she's not that great with directions. So probably had never been there before. But as is usual in Southern California, we hit traffic. And so we got separated and she was trying to keep an eye on me, but she uh, followed, ended up following uh, a wrong car. So she was in our black Chevy Lumina and, um, and I was in our Ford Tempo who was, that was white. So she ended up following the wrong, what she thought was my car, a white car. And I was in traffic and I saw her exit following this white car off the highway but I was already by the exit so I, it was like behind me and I saw her going by me and so I got off in the next exit turned around and tried to find her because I was concerned that now she didn't have anybody to follow to the appointment she might not get there well anyway we both ended up being kind of late because of this um, but thankfully she made it to the appointment you know we can be sincere about what we follow but we can be sincerely wrong. That's the point. And then the fact is, it takes more than sincerity to, to make it in this world. We can be sincerely wrong. It takes the truth, following the truth, and the truth of God that will make our lives abundant when we follow the truth, that is, Jesus Christ. And today, there are many false prophets and pre preaching different things that are not true. Uh, or false teachers, we could say. They wouldn't claim to be prophets. They're just mis giving misinformation, wrong things, fake news. So we are to test the spirits, that is, to test any person and their message to see if it's true. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29, the Apostle Paul addressed this issue even within a church worship service. Listen to what he writes there. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. 
test to see if it's true. A good model for us are the people of Berea. Uh, they are mentioned on Paul's second missionary journey uh, when he visited this town called Berea. This is the Apostle Paul. And so this, is, this event is recorded in Acts chapter 17. It says there, As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. They examined the scriptures to see if what Paul had said was true. Nobody is exempt from the truth test. Uh, Even what I say right now to you, uh, you should check and see if in the scriptures what I'm saying is true. Or am I taking it out of context? So that's, that's one reason why I use a lot of Scripture and I quote from Scripture because I want you to know that what I'm saying is based on the text in the Scriptures. But you still need to check and make sure I'm interpreting this rightly because I may take something out of context or not. It's really good to do the truth test. Now John's truth test, specifically on what to test the Spirit's about, is found in verses, chapter, uh, verses 2 and 3 in chapter uh, 4 of 1 John. He says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. How can we know the Spirit of God? Well, by using the truth test. If a teacher or any person acknowledges Jesus as the Christ come in the flesh, he or she is of God. It seems simple. And this is the message of truth that has been revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And the Apostles' Creed states this very clearly saying, And Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus comes from the Father as the pre-existent Word. And John, in his Gospel, not this letter, but in his Gospel, named after him, John, speaks of this in the very first verse of that Gospel saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little later we read, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Jesus came in the flesh as the incarnate Son of God. Incarnate just means comes in the flesh. And here is the heart of the acknowledgement of Jesus as Lord. And and by using the truth test, we guard against two false teachings about Jesus, that he was merely human or that he was merely spirit. So Jesus is fully God and at the same time, fully man. This is the key to our faith in Jesus as Lord and the truth test. You know, today there's many existing false teachings about Jesus. And then they 
are popular in the sense that many of the world religions or philosophies teach these false things about who Jesus is. And they do not pass the truth test. Let me just go into a few of them. Uh, Mormons, or otherwise known as Jesus, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, they believe that Jesus is a separate God from the Father, that the Father and Mother Gods created him as a spirit child in heaven. Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe that Jesus is not God, that he is a God, separate, and one among other gods. Jesus lived in heaven as a spirit person before he came to earth because he was God's first creation. So God created Jesus from Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Christian science says that Jesus was just a man, not God. New Age movement says that Jesus is a spiritual model. He was a man who tapped into divining power. <clears throat> Judaism, Jesus, uh, they say that Jesus is either an extremist false messiah or a good but martyred Jewish rabbi. In Hinduism, Jesus was just a teacher or an avatar of God. Buddhism says Jesus was an enlightened man, nothing else. Islam, Jesus is one of many prophets sent by God to various cultures. And evolution says that Jesus was simply a man, just like you and me, a person. And he's not definitely not God, and he's just part of this over, overall evolutionary process that occurs without any intervention of a divine being. And during the time of John, when he wrote this letter, 1 John, uh, there was this heresy going around as well, false teaching, called the Serinthian uh, heresy. And this heresy said that they thought, or they devised, that the Christ spirit, they call it, uh, descended on the man Jesus during his baptism, the, you know, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and then withdrew from Jesus, the man, before he was crucified. So they deny that Jesus is God come in the flesh. So if a preacher or a teacher or a professor or your friend or whoever denies that Jesus is God come in the flesh, then they are not of God and they are of the spirit of the Antichrist. <clears throat> so John states or stated this earlier in his letter that we studied in chapter 2, verse 22. He says there, if you remember, who is a liar. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. The truth test is the acknowledgement of Jesus as God come in the flesh. Jesus is the center of our faith, and his resurrection is the proof of him being Lord and Savior of all. So as followers of Jesus Christ, we have this assurance in what we believe to be true. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God himself, is our assurance of, of that this is true in which we believe because he indwells us who follow Jesus. And he enables us then to experience God personally and intimately. 1 John chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, the last part of our text, then are written to give us confidence and assurance in this truth and therefore help us to deal with these false teachings or false teachers.
Verse 4 says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is within you is greater than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit in us, is greater than he who is in the world, which is the evil one. We have nothing to fear and because we have overcome these false teachers by the Spirit of God who is within us. And that means we are on God's team, the winning team. You know, our assurance is God's gift of the Holy Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. So take heart, brothers and sisters. We have nothing to fear when it comes to dealing with false philosophies or teachings or ideas. We have nothing to fear because we know the truth and we know the truth personally because Jesus is the truth. This is important to understand because I remember as a child, I was a part of a church community where as a child, I don't know if they intended this, but it's how, what I picked up, that if I were to ask a question that the Sunday school teacher really didn't know the answer to, I would be labeled or treated as a uh, troublemaker or like a rebel in our church community and might become like, treated like an outcast and, you know, a critic to the faith. And many people in the world view Christians like we have our heads in the sand, like we're unwilling to ask the hard and difficult questions about life or philosophy or science. And, but this is wrong. If we are truly following the truth, Christ himself, who is the truth, embodies the truth, then we should be willing to ask any question about life, no matter how difficult or complex it is. And we can tackle these questions honestly and confidently because we believe in the truth who is Jesus Christ. And we know him personally. And so we can continue to strive after what we hope and understand to be true because we are confident in God and his spirit is within us. And so we continue to learn about God and test all things according to this truth test and what the scriptures reveal to us about who God is and what he has done. Are you testing what you believe? If you are not testing what you believe and you're just accepting it like somebody who has a, their head in the sand, then this is not healthy because most likely that means if you're not testing what you believe, your faith is going to grow stagnant, and this is not good. Or it probably means that you're being led astray by false beliefs of your own in your own heart or false teachings that you've bought into, and it's leading you away from the truth and not living for the glory of God. The questions that people have asked me as a pastor over the years that I didn't know the answer to have just pushed me and driven me into the Word of God so I can learn and try to find and seek the answer, and, it, and it's helped me to grow. And so if we are testing our faith, we will grow guaranteed because we will be seeking the truth, which is Christ himself and better understanding of who he is. You know, I hope our congregation, our church as a whole, Cornerstone, will welcome any question, no matter how hard or difficult it is, because we have our confidence and assurance 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because he who within, is within us is greater than he who is within the world. You know, a test for truth is the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh as God. And this is the incarnation, which just means he's come in the flesh. God the Son became the man Jesus so that he could live among us and dwell among us, this messy, sin-filled world, so that he could die on our behalf, forgive us of our sins, and give us the gift and the grace of eternal life. And so then we can live with him forever. Christian writer and apologist C.S. Lewis, during an interview once, gave an example to help us understand what Jesus left, what he gave up in order to become a man, to dwell among us, to be incarnate. I quote, Lying at your feet is your dog. Imagine for the moment that your dog and every dog is in deep distress. Some of us love dogs very much. If it would help all the dogs in the world to become like men, would you be willing to become a dog? Would you put down your human nature, leave your loved ones, your job, your hobbies, your art and literature and music, and choose instead of the intimate communion with your beloved, the poor substitute of looking into your beloved's face and wagging your tail, unable to smile or speak? Christ, by becoming man, limited the thing which to him was most precious, the most precious thing in the world, his unhampered, unhindered, Communion with the Father. Jesus Christ, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us as God incarnate. And this truth is by which we test all other truths against. And though the world may not listen to us and mistreat us even because we hold to this truth about Jesus Christ, are we willing to leave the comfort we have in life and face difficulty in order to share the truth of Jesus with others who are nearby us or even who are far away? Are we willing to do that as he did when he became flesh and dwelt among us? You know, this could mean practically giving a Saturday to serve in some way to help others in the name of Christ. Or this could mean taking a different job so that we could have actually more time to invest in the lives of others rather than just working all the time and giving all our best hours and days to our employer. Or it could mean uh, using our vacation time to go on a short-term mission or maybe some of our vacation to serve with like vacation Bible school, um, which happens you know, at times sometimes where we have to take off work to be volunteering there. Or it could mean practically that we actually use some of our work time at work to train up our fellow coworkers in skills and talents that they need to have and know to do their job well. And we do this out of the kindness of our heart because we love them in the name of Christ. We give of ourselves to them. You see, the truth test is the incarnation of our Lord Christ, Jesus And the truth of the Incarnation then inspires us as followers of Jesus to do likewise, in a sense to leave our comfortable lives and seeking after our own comfort and our own gain 
rather than, and we leave that in order to maybe face more difficulties or discomfort in order to share the truth of this reality, the truth meaning Jesus Christ himself with others all over the world. When we think of it, are, are the goals of our lives simply pursuing what we think is security and comfort and a life of ease and self-indulgence? You know, this is not what Jesus has called his followers to do and to strive after. We follow him to the cross. We are to deny ourselves and give up our lives in order to follow him as Lord. So when we think about it, is our job that we work at so much a part of his kingdom work on earth? Do we see our job as that? Do we see our studies as part of his kingdom work on earth? Is what we're studying in part of the plan for living out for Christ? Our, our um, retirement, say we're retired, is, is our retirement being used by God for his kingdom to spread on earth? Are you as parents teaching your children to seek God's kingdom first and his righteousness? When we walk like Jesus in the everyday moments of life, then our lives will point to Jesus. People will know we follow Jesus if he is at the center of our lives. So our work, our studies, our families, our vacations, our marriages, our retirement, everything points to Jesus ultimately in some way. Would you say that your everyday life points to Jesus? That people that look at you and know you know that you are a follower of Jesus? If not, then you are following false teachings. What do you believe that is false? The truth test will reveal the fake news about Jesus that we follow or the good news that we believe in and follow. It'll distinguish these two. Test the spirits, brothers and sisters, and see what is of God and what is not of God. Let us pray. Lord God, we praise you and thank you for your truth test to see what is true and what is false. And Lord, that we can align ourselves better and more truly with the truth that is you, Lord Jesus, and be able to be your body on earth, sharing your glory by the things that we say and do in the everyday moments of life where our lives then point to you because we are living in your truth and by your truth, by the power of your spirit within us. We thank you for this grace that you have given us in Christ Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we'll see you next week. God bless.